0: into your life from this. Now, with without further ado, let's get into this podcast and enjoy. Hi there, and thanks for tuning into the pauses podcast. If you'd like to see more of my content, you can find me on YouTube at The Power City Podcast. You can find me on Instagram at Positivity94 and what I'm going to do is put my landing page link in my bio. So if you press this link, you'll get access to all of my content in one place. So if you also have any questions, want to provide any feedback for the podcast, please email me at the Positivity Podcast at gmail.com Now, let's get into this episode and enjoy. Hi, and welcome to the Positivity Podcast. In this episode, I'm joined by a very, very special guest, Irvin Kyler. Irvin Kyler is a life coach that has been mentored under Bob Proctor, studying works by Napoleon Hill, Dr. Jody Spencer, Greg Braden, James Allen, and many others, just to name a few. Irvin experienced a supernatural experience that changed his life in 1975 at the age of 28, which he was convinced that we coexist in multiple dimensions, spiritual and physical. Irvin's been searching for the meaning of this from that timeline to arrive to this point. Experiencing many things upon his journey that have that convinced him that we are eternal beings after a higher order. The many instructions given to us are coded, Irvin says, and are of ancient origin. Irvin's convinced that at any point that you inadvertently or deliberately access these codes, they deliver what your focus is. Whether good or bad, my des- his Irvin's de- desire is to give you knowledge of these codes so that you can structure your desired results. In this podcast, we really talk about many different things. Irvin shared his experiences and his life, um, what he's been through, and what where it's led him up to now. And we talk about spirituality, energy, mindset uh much much more um really really grateful to have this opportunity to have Irvin on my podcast i really really hope that you take a lot from this episode um yeah really grateful for this episode um hope you enjoy
1: it and let's get into the episode Tuning in, tryna find out how to win Go along and tell a friend Marathon, you know the game Keep on running, never end Getting better, make a man Adam got it, Adam got it, Adam got it, Adam got it Positivity, possibility, possibility, possibility positivity, possibility, possibility, possibility positivity,
0: possibility, possibility Tune in Irvin, it's an absolute
1: pleasure to have you on the podcast today. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Adam, and, and yourself. And it's, it's my pleasure as well to be here with you today. Yeah, no, you, you're really welcome. And I'm
0: really grateful uh, to be able to do this for you. And yeah, I'm, I'm really good. Thank you. And I just kind of thought like, you know, I would introduce you because I first saw like your content on um, somebody shared me a video that you did. It was a compilation of your videos on uh, BuzzFeed which they put out. And you talked about like the mindset, energy, paradigms, you know, the human experience. And, and it just really clicked to me. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this is amazing. Um, You know, and you're, you've got lots of experience in many different areas. Um, You know, how did you kind of get into this, like your kind of
1: background, your kind of story? Okay. Well, basically i'll start with where i am and what length of time i've been in in this plane in this dimension uh i was born in 1947 right after world war ii in one of the baby boomers uh i'll be 74 in october i'm 73 presently and um i had coming up i had some profound things happen to me that i didn't understand you know it was um The family, you know, seeing my family dissolve, you know, from a young age, and uh, those things kind of affected me greatly. And I would go into those points because I didn't have mommy and daddy there with me that I can lean on. So I started going into this space where I started reaching out, and I guess I was reaching out spiritually. I didn't, I didn't really know at the time, but I would try and find my resolve in my imagination, and uh, that kind of. I guess it planted a seed in me. And then later on, I served in Vietnam from 1960, well, during the Vietnam era from 68 to 71. And when I came out, something so profound happened to me that I didn't understand. I was very ambitious and um, we had went uh, I had started up a company called Ebony Triangles. We were dealing with music management, managing the teams. You know, I had actually preceded, you know, people like uh, Jay Z and and uh, uh, Puff Daddy. You know, Sean Puppy Cones, uh, who are doing great in the, in the business now. Uh, Master P. You know, I preceded them by about ten years at least, and. Um, I was looking for what I was doing to really, really succeed. And we went to, we, let, we were living in Michigan. I was living in Michigan at the time. And something prompted me to go to, and it's funny how your intuition works. you know. Why did I go to Baltimore? But we went from Michigan to Baltimore to look for doing some engagements for three groups that I was managing. And uh, I came across this gentleman uh, down there at a get-together who actually approached me and he turned out he was a minister, and he introduced himself as being a prophet, which I, I didn't know him so I, I had no clue. He wanted to get together with me uh, to share some things with me. And I was very busy during that time but I've courtesy you know something prompted me intuition or whatever it was, and I met him uh, for an engagement for a lunch lunch engagement. And he went into immediately into a vision that he said he had saw of me. And he spent about five hours. And I think that point right there changed. It changed a lot in me because it left me with a perspective. Now, I didn't know how to take this guy. You know, I thought this gentleman, you know, had lost. um, I thought he had had lost, you know, his his cob. You know, I thought he was all he was. It was something I had never experienced before, you know, and I didn't really know how to take it. Uh, but I was courteous. And, and I stayed with it. But when he started to tell me about things that only I knew about things that were I was uh, actually experiencing back in Michigan, this guy did not know me. And that tweaked my interest. And that's what really locked me in to say, okay, who is this guy? You know, who is he? You know, what is he talking about? And, uh, he told me some very profound things. You know, he he was telling me how I was going to have a tremendous effect on thousands and thousands of people's lives. He saw me speaking before mass audiences, and I it just dawned on me two months ago that uh, excuse me, I, I, there's a no, it's absolutely you know, fine, yeah, it's fine, uh, it's okay. I should have turned it off. Yeah, it's okay.
0: No, I do not want okay. to, it. It's fine. It's absolutely fine.
1: Okay. Oh no no I don't I don't I don't have to do it. Uh, it's it's good. It's I don't even know yeah. who it is. Okay, let me just turn it off. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, it's cool. I don't want.
1: Okay, good. Okay, good. Anyway, he began to he began to tell me about um, things. He, but, he began to express things to me like I was going to have a profound effect upon thousands and thousands of people's lives, and I mean he lost me there because I you know I had no basis to go that on. You know, we we go by um things we we're familiar with, analogies. And I had nothing to to um correlate to that. I guess you would say how to correlate. I, I had nothing to correlate to, to to what he was telling me in my life at that time. You know, I I wasn't a speaker. I was very introvert. <laughs> you know, it's like you know, what is this guy talking about? And he said that um, you're gonna have a profound effect upon thousands and thousands of people's lives. Now, when I look forward to now, you know, I shoot forward to, you know, some 46, 47 years later. um, And what my uh, uh, spiritual granddaughter actually got me to begin to do speaking on uh, media, I came to realize, and I've been, she actually got me to start this in March of 2020. It took me like two months ago, this is what we're in May now. I think it was in, uh, is either April or March of this year, 2021, that I came to the realization, wait a minute, I am speaking before mass audiences of people. Because in my mind, when you say speaking before mass audiences of people, I'm thinking about going on a stage on a podium with, you know, with the podium and with a microphone and speaking before live people. That's the only thing I had to relate to in my coming up, you know, and I've never done anything on social media before. I mean, I, I didn't even do Facebook and uh, it dawned on me. Look, wait a minute. You are speaking before mass audiences and you're speaking to more people than you ever could have realized speaking to uh, speaking on a stage you know, uh, in front of people, you know, you might have gotten a few people there, whatever. I like could go to a church and, you know, you do a podium, which I have done that uh, back in the 80s. Uh, I have, you know, spoken in churches. I was ordained in the ministry back in 85. And, uh, and I, you know, I did some speaking there. But it was, you know, like small church groups, you know, but not in front of hundreds of thousands or millions of people, you know, and that's what's happening now. We had one post we put up in January that has already had 1.5 million views on the TikTok channel. So it, it just blows my mind. And right now we're in our numbers, we're at something like, and and I, I only worked it in 2020 from March until May. And then I stopped because I got busy. I had an auto detail company and we got busy going into the warmer months. So I stopped and and my little granddaughter stayed on me for that whole period until January. She got me back involved with it again of this year, 2021. So that's all the time I have involved in this. And right now we're sitting at 145,000 followers plus on TikTok. And we have 13 posts up on Instagram we have like 4,800 plus uh, followers there as well. So it's like, man, you know, and people are telling me, and it's the only thing I have to go by, you know, people are telling me, man, that's phenomenal. You know, and I, I have nothing to relate it to. You know, I just do what I do, you know. And she was the one that encouraged me to do this. She said, Grandpa, you know, all of those wise words that you've been speaking to me all these years? So you need to do a TikTok. And so there I was. But anyway, let's go back to this gentleman. Um, He was telling me I was going to have a profound effect upon thousands and thousands of people's lives. And um, he went into a full rendition of that. And uh, because he was he was sharing a vision that he supposedly had about me. And he said that um, he said he said that the thing that you're on right now, when he began to mess with my dream, which was getting my groups out there and becoming successful because I had another, I had a total different vision for myself at that point. He said, that, he said the, uh, the thing you're working on now is not gonna succeed. You know, that's like sticking a pin in my side, you know, it's like, oh no, no, don't mess with that. <laughs> you know? And, and uh, then he also said that one of the people with me, uh, we were dating and uh, it was her mother that knew this gentleman um from I guess her mother's travels when she was younger and that was how I ended up in this social event with this guy and uh but anyway um uh he said that uh this young lady is not the one for you he said that uh eventually he said much later on in life he said the love of your life is going to come into your life and give you more love than you can ever receive now he said much later on And he kept using that inference all the time. He said, much later on, these things are going to happen. He said, much later on, you're going to become successful greater than anything you ever imagined. Now, right now, I'm seeing things happening around me. And I've gotten out of the, I guess I've gotten over, it's not really a shock, but it's just the perplexion of what's going on. I'm perplexed, you know, but now I'm just, starting to flow in it. And I'm starting to meet people, you know, like yourself, you know, and and you have a very interesting profile too. You know, you you have you have something that you are going to grow to proportions like you you can't imagine. And what's happened with all the when 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 everything happened, the fruition happened of what he told me. He said that one of the last things he said, he said that um Satan is gonna come at you to steal your life. He said, but don't be concerned about it. He said, someone is interceded for you in prayer. Now I didn't know how to take that. He said, but when the word goes forth, Satan comes immediately to kill, steal and destroy, destroy, to cut it off. And I, I didn't, I had no clue as to what he was talking about. But somewhere in the neighborhood of two to three weeks later, we were back in Michigan. And someone was driving my car and I was in the backseat sleep and we got pulled over. Uh, The guy got pulled over for speeding. That was driving my car and in the ensuing incident that happened. And I I don't even know how it happened or why it happened or whatever. Why did it? Why did they key in on me? But I ended up being the only one injured. I was as a matter of fact, I was shot three times point blank in the head and I was the only one injured. I was the only one arrested and was held in jail for like three weeks. And and now that I think about it, since I talked to you the first time when we had our interview, it kind of dawned on me that possibly the reason that I was held in jail for three weeks, uh, they were trying to cover up because they never did admit to shooting me. Uh, I was sewn up. I I had one side of my head was completely open up and I had to be sewn up, and I was sewn up with no anesthetics, and I talked to the doctor the whole time, too, and he kept asking me, did it hurt? I never had a bit of pain from it, so these things happening, and as I reflected on these things, as I went along from that point in time, but going back to them holding me in jail for three weeks, now that I look at it, because I remember when I was released, I remember it was a it was a large group of officers that had come together where I had to go and reclaim you know, my, uh, my items that they had you know, taken from me when they arrested me. And uh, they were just standing there in, like in awe. And I think that because I never had any treatment for these wounds, they were just sewn up and then taken to jail. And I think they had thought that I would possibly die again, because they had pronounced me dead on the scene, but I came to uh, probably, and I think I came to probably like an hour or so later, but I didn't just come to Adam. This is what really got me on this journey. When I stirred, it was like, I felt myself, you know, at the last moment falling to the ground and it was snow covered in Michigan, February. It was Snow Cup, this happened February 13th of 1975. And I remember falling to the ground and I remember everything was in slow, everything was moving in slow motion. And I remember falling to the ground and I went out before I ever hit the ground. I don't don't remember ever hitting the ground, I was gone. But I remember when I came to, um, I remember this light When I came to all I could see was this light, this brilliant light, more brilliant than anything I've ever seen. And I'm not crazy, you know, I'm I'm just trying to explain there was something going on there that was beyond me. And this light basically lifted me up. I felt it. I felt the sensation of being lifted up in this light. There was an energy beyond me. It was like a super energy energy. It just raised me up. And then once I got to the erect point, the light faded and everything started to come back into view. How do you explain that? But that's what's gotten me on this journey. So I just want to say that to, know, to let people know that I'm not pretending here. This is no uh, plaything for me. I have earnestly been seeking. What was this? And that my journey of study took off uh, shortly thereafter. And I had another couple of profound things that happened after that, because my first thing was, why did they do what they did to me? And I'm, I, was, I was military, I was trained military and uh, I was going to retaliate. And I remember going into that retaliation mode. And if I would have done that, if I'd been allowed to do that, um, you know, I probably wouldn't be here now, but I was willing to give it up at that point. And I guess you call that pride or whatever. And uh, there was no fear whatsoever. And uh, I was going to take a lot of lives. I was actually going to go to their barracks and, and do what I was going to do. But I remember when I laid down to give it up, and I wouldn't say that I was ever religious, But however, I had this profound thing inside me, I've always known that there's a creator. And I mean, from yoga and so on and so forth, there was something had connected with me. And I believe this thing had not just connected with, I think it had followed me from the time I was a child all the way up. Because I remember my grandmother praying over me when I was a little kid and she had always wanted a boy. And all she had was my mother and three aunts. And my mother told me many, many years later, that my grandmother had taken me to be that 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 son that she had always wanted because I was the firstborn male on my mother's side. And uh, I remember the prayers, the vivid prayers that she was praying over me when I was a kid. Matter of fact, it would scare me when she would start praying. And anytime she would start crying, oh, that really scared me because <laughs> you know she would always get these little switches. you know She would wind them up. And she, I mean, she stayed on me. I mean, she stayed on me. Like, I don't know what anything it, seemed like I, I wanted to do wrong, my grandmother was wearing me out. And then uh, she put that something in me from the time I was a child. And, uh, and she passed away unfortunately in 1967, the year before I went into the military and I didn't find out about it until, um, uh, oh, about six, seven months after I was in the military in 68. And uh, I found out through some of the other relatives, because, you know, my family had separated, you know, and I had actually been sent to live with my father at that time. So I was away from my mother's side so I I missed her funeral. And I remember, I remember how that affected me too. Um, I remember I got really emotional about that. I cried, because even though she had put that fear of God into me, I guess you would say, uh, I knew she loved me very deeply, and I loved her the same. You know, I loved her the same on that. So something had happened there, that bond. And when this gentleman told me in 75 this, don't be concerned about, about Satan coming at you." He says, "Someone has interceded for you in prayer. I knew immediately who it was. And keep in mind, that was in 1975, and she passed in 1967. So with all these things, you know, that I pieced together, I've become to understand when Bob Proctor was teaching us that we live on three planes of existence. Number one, we're a spiritual being or an energy being. Number two, we possess an intellect. Number three, we live in a physical body. There has to be something to that, because I still feel her presence with me, even to this day. And I lost my mom, um, and, uh, and, and my mom and I, from that point, pretty much, we were apart, you know, from the time that I went to live with my dad when I was eight years old. But I always loved my mom, too. Yeah, I loved my dad, but I had, you know, they were, like, separate from each other, and they were pretty much anti-each other. But I had to love them each individually, and that's what I would tell any young person now. You know, even if your mom or your dad is separated from you, don't allow that to keep that love from them. And I, I I look at Shaquille O'Neal now. You know how he talks about his dad. You know, and how he went through that whole thing with him, and now he's found peace with his dad, and now they're on better terms. But he actually considered his. Um, Uh, his stepfather to be his real father, because he was the one who was always with him and nurtured him and brought him on up. But he he's gone now and he's actually repaired that whole breach that he had because at one time he talked differently uh, on that level. But now you know he talks about how he went and repaired that breach. And I would always tell anyone to repair those breaches if you have those breaches. Because there's a scripture in the Bible that goes, "To honor your mother and your father, that your days may be long upon the earth, which Lord, the Lord thy God giveth thee." Um, And I come from an aspect of dealing both. And when I began my searching of the reasoning behind this, I started off in the scriptures. There was a hungering in me to to get a Bible, and I, seventy eight, about three years later. Um. I got that deep hunger for the word, for the scriptures. And it's like that intuition, something comes from the inside. And it led me to this Bible bookstore in Atlanta. It, it's on the space where the World Congress Center is now in Atlanta, Georgia. And um, I met this other gentleman and he, met, he meets me at the door that owned the bookstore. And he said, oh my God, he said, he said, young man, he said, do you have time? He said, I had a vision on you. He said, I have to give you this vision. And he goes and he pulls me inside and his bookstore closes and we we're in there for hours. And he's explaining this vision he had. And it right in line with the first one that I got. But only it goes into more death. And uh, he said he saw me becoming a world traveler. And, uh, you know, he, he went into that same thing that you're going to have a tremendous effect upon thousands and thousands of people's lives. And he said that he said, I don't use this term uh, loosely. He said, but he said that you're a very smart man, you know, and it's like me, you know, it's like, you know, I'm not degreed, you know, I I had two years of college, but I'm well read, but I don't consider myself as a smart person. I don't consider myself over anyone else. Um, and, but I I found out that, the message that I give is based in theology as well as science and then I began to follow i got that thing to go into quantum into the physics you know the the scientific view what are we you know and I began to study that and then I it's somehow they became intermeshed and now I've gotten this perspective and I didn't realize it until just recently I'm talking about very recently that, and this is since I've been doing the social media, that somehow there is this profound thing in me where I've been given this ability to see things from both the scientific point of view, as well as the biblical point of view, and to intermesh them, to show that they're talking about the same thing. They're not against each other, as people have had it all, you know, science has been against, theology, theology has been talking against science. No, they're intermarried. <laughs> Everything is a part of the whole thing. And this is the perspective that I come from. So, um, and people are telling me, you know, people the comments that I'm getting on some of the messages that I put out there. Um, they, it, it's, it's profound. That, that's all I can say, it's profound because I'm just giving the, the message from the perspective that I see it from. Uh, and I didn't know that it was affecting people the way it was. And I, I, it says out of the mouth of babes, out of my little granddaughter, um, she said, Grandpa, you know those wise words you've been talking to me? She said, they're real. She said, I just took a class in psychology you know, at University of Florida. And she said that I'm studying all of these different minds. And she said, your mind is just so phenomenal. She said, you need to do a TikTok. I said, a TikTok? You know, the, uh, all I can do when she said TikTok, because we, we, we actually communicate, uh, we actually learn in images. You know, that's why there were hieroglyphics on the walls and the, um, the pyramids. That's why they're paintings on the wall the caves and North American Indians, you go down into the uh, Aztecs and the Mayan civilizations what's left of it, you have all of these images that are put up. So we learn by images and what we do is we attach words to these images to conjure up the images for instance, if I say Adam I said, where do you live, Adam what's the first thing comes to your mind? Does a picture come up of where you live. Can you see your place? Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. right. We, we learn in images and it, it said in the, in the word it says, God said, let us create man in our image and in our likeness. So there it is. An image is um, a derivative word of imagination. That's why I say imagination is so powerful and we've got to utilize our imagination. That's the way we create our world. And I profoundly believe now that we do create our world. <clears throat> and mm-hmm. anytime we find ourselves in a situation, I remember Kevin Trudeau saying he was a gentleman, a writer from Canada, and I studied his work quite a bit. And I remember him profoundly saying one time, um, he said, um, <clears throat> I mean, let me go back to it. He said so many things. I remember one of the things he said. He said the square root of one percent of the population can change the world. But going back into what he's, what I I originally wanted to say, he said, Mm. he said that if you don't like your life the way it is, just change your thinking. And it's like, huh? You know, it's like I wanted to had to do a retake on that. What did he just say? He said, if you don't like your life the way it is, just change your thinking. He was saying that your thinking creates your life, your imagination creates your life, and what he what he put me on a journey to his understanding. And Bob brought it out so profoundly. Bob Proctor, he brought it out so profoundly. He said that um, he said that uh, we have to learn to be accountable for everything that's happening in our life. <clears throat> All we have to do is trace back our thinking, whether we got our thinking as a reaction or a response and he also taught that about also he said uh, anytime you react to something he said you lose he said when you respond you win and then he asked what is the difference between responding and reacting he said Bob Proctor said he asked a little nine-year-old girl in one of the classes he was doing for youth he asked a class of, of young people, and he said this little nine-year-old girl came up with the answers. She said that, uh, well, the difference is uh, when you respond to something, you slow down and you think about it first. You think deeply into it first before you put an action with it. When you react, you just react. And what you're doing is you're causing someone else to cause your emotions to spike at a certain point and your emotions release chemicals in your body and it says that everything in the universe vibrates and it says the highest vibration there is is love they say they all that's why they always say god is love um, your various emotions create a vibrational rate which is the number of waves of the energy that flows per second we call hertz we talk electrical, you know I said everything is part of the same thing. So it creates the hurts in you. And gamma is like almost a straight line. There's so many vibrations within a second on a gamma wave. And then when you go down to the beta and all that, that's when they begin to really loop. And they say the lower vibrations, the slower vibrations are what disintegrates and the higher ones are ones that create, they construct. So uh, when you begin to learn on that basis um, that your emotions are what regulate those vibrations that go out of you and what they do is they find resonance or frequency with other things and level, just kind of consider frequency of the different things that you want to vibrate on. Say, for instance, you want a new house and you see yourself, you see this house first. And then you see yourself in that house and you bring it to you right now at this moment because all we can control is that one moment that we're in. We can't we can't project ourselves into the future. The past is already gone. That's a learning experience. But we can't live in the past. You know, they say that insanity, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing today that you did yesterday, but expect a different result tomorrow. It's just not going to happen. So what we have to do is we have to create a new deal and therein goes one of the posts that I put up about um, um, the faculties that we possess, you know, number one, was, when they're not numbered, uh, but you have the will, which is your focus, there are six, the will, which is your focus, um, and that's very key. And then you have the imagination and those two things are very key. Uh, the imagination. For instance, when you got ready to start that you start doing the podcast, didn't something come to you? Well there was an intuition that started first mm-hmm. that came from it and you, you you felt something and something said, okay, I need to do this. And you know there are three questions you always ask yourself you know when you get this information in. it says, okay um, uh, how can I use this? How can I use this? How, how can I proceed on this? How can I use this to how? <clears throat> and then you ask yourself, why must I use this? Why must I do this? You, you have a reasoning for doing this because I can see where you are and that you are very connected with it. And then the last question is, when will I do it? You have to have a starting point, but then when you put yourself in the when, your goal is always now. Mm. It has to be right now, you know, even though it might be a few days out, you had to become what you are before you ever started your journey on it. Mm. You always become what you are, you know, at that point. So you bring it all to you right now. And then Mm. everything, Steve Jobs said that you always have to start from that future moment. You start and you put yourself in that moment. You, You envision something. They had the cell phone, smartphones were already out there, and they had satellites in the sky. But everybody was using landlines and underground cables coming from one part of the world to the other, and they had to connect, you know, going across, you know, going across to other countries, and even going across the states, you know, going tower to tower, uh, connecting all along the way. And he said there has to be a better way for this. And now young people coming up. The only thing they've ever known is the iPhone. I remember when there was no phone, but anyway, he said that uh, there's gotta be a better way we can connect this. And he said, okay. So what he did is he envisioned himself using this phone. He he put that out there in his imagination. Then he put himself in that vision. He envisioned the phone first and then he put himself in that vision. He projected himself per se into that vision. and, And then he, saw himself using this phone. And then he connected the dots moving backwards Mm. to his present moment. So what he did is he put himself presently in that moment using the phone and everything came clear. And then everything necessary to put that together because he put that in his imagination, it says like a seed being planted. You plant a seed in the soil, you put water on it and everything necessary, like it's an acorn, Everything necessary to create that oak tree is attracted to it. And so when he did this, everything necessary, the people, all of a sudden, it seemed as if they were coming out of the thin air. People would approach him. They began to do it. And then everything began to take shape. And it did. And he, he locked himself with that focus, with that will, and kept his imagination there. And next thing you know, we are all... The iPhone is being used all over the world now. Mm. That was his vision. It's, Henry Ford had that same vision. It's, incredible.
0: Yeah. it's so incredible. it's so incredible, like, you know, you mentioned there with like, you know, planting the seed, connecting the dots, you know, energy and you know putting doing you know, doing what you're doing now and then kind of seeing where you're kind of going, you know, in the future and planting that image there. And, um, you know, it opens like, energy, isn't it? Everyone's all connected. And I think uh, you mentioned all like, the different types of energy, like gamma, beta, is it zeta? Theta, yeah, yeah, and Yeah, and um, and just how kind of amazing, you know, that how the universe works and how we work and that we can create, you know, things that we want to create. If we, you know, but I think like you said, like, you know, you have to put yourself in that place where you envision it. and yeah. and, and sometimes just kind of by life happening, you know, I think sometimes people aren't aware of it. Sometimes, you know, they just, you know, swarm things led to another that they planted and it just kind of happens. And then you catch up with yourself and then think about it. And I'll go back to um, what you mentioned at the beginning with, um, you know, that experience you had and that, that place that you was in, you know, and, you know, the thing that that changed your life and, you know, you had these guys say to you, this is going to happen, this is going to happen. And you're like, Oh, what is this? (laughs) And, um, and then, and then, and then that happens. And then, and then then, like, when you said, when you said like, you know, you was out of it and then you came back, um, you know, what an experience. I mean, that, you know, is probably one of the most kind of eye-opening, incredible experiences someone's had that I've heard, you know, like yours. And, to go through that, to come out the other end, you know, is, is a miracle. That, that yeah. is a miracle. And you don't really hear about that happening. Right. And mm-hmm. it's, you know, there, there's, there was something there. And then you, you've been on this journey ever since that happened, mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, connecting the dots, figuring out what, what is this? And then it is, it, you know, it's ultimately going to make you question things, isn't it? You know, it's kind of, Sim, I kind of relate to that similar to, you know, experience that I had, which I told you about. And, yeah. you know, you, it makes you do it when something happens, you know, quite big, it does make you think and you think there's yeah. something more here, something yeah. there's something that we can't see, but you kind of know there. And I think when you, yeah. you mentioned like, you know, you feel the presence of your, your grandma or your grandmother and, mm-hmm. you know, you're tapping more into that. And I think it, it's really, you know, remarkable you know, what you're doing with your experience in your journey and what you're you're doing now. And it's like, you know, when I saw your video, it just, you know, really, really powerful, really resonated with me. It made me really think. And I was like, I it just clicked to me. And, you know, like you can see probably why thousands and thousands of more people really click with it as well. And I think in such a time where, there's been so much stress, anxiety, uncertainty. People are looking for that. I think people are looking for, to um, say is the right word guidance. Um, you know, especially in the early stages of the pandemic. Um, and, and, you know, around the time you post the video, it I, I just think I think it's amazing, you know, that you survived that experience. And you know, you he was, you know, he was also a veteran as well, and you know, you, you you survived that, and you know, you've come through these situations, and I think, like you know, you said, you've got this, uh, you've had this um, deep ambition, you know, to, to do well and, and drive, and you know, I, I just really commend you, you know, I'm really grateful for for all that you're doing. I think I think it's amazing, and um, I think it is it is amazing, like when you think about the universe and you think about energy and people and the sequence of events um, it it is amazing. And I think it's all one kind of big process, isn't it? That we're all kind of learning and growing
1: um, kind of together, really. It is. Yes. And that, that's what it is because the thing that I have found out Adam is that everything is a part of that oneness, that one, there's a, there is an all in all, there's an all in one. And we're a part of that whole thing. We're part of the universe is what I found out. Um, One thing I realized too, is uh, I had another incident that happened in 81. That's when I made a commitment uh, to Christ, you know, just spirituality, because I realized that, and it wasn't, I I won't I, I don't like to use religion I don't like to use the word religion but yeah. spirituality. But I know that there is a being, there is a being, there is an essence, and I call this essence Christ. And I and I he's he's in all of us. Um, it's a part of all of us. It's that inner thing that that thing that we, we're in other words in life we're both the observer and the participant. In our physicality, we're participating in the world events, but also there's a part in us that is observing all of this also. And from that point of observation, that thing that is there that's observing is awareness. And that's why I believe what's happening now in in our world right now, in our three-dimensional world, our awareness is what's expanding that thing that we truly are, that's that energy, that source that we look from, that's that thing that we cannot see into because that's the point that we see from. That is who we truly are, our consciousness. We were actually consciousness, I believe. And that we have no beginning, have no ending. And I have to say that, Adam. And one of the things I didn't mention, I think, uh, but I'm gonna mention it now, uh, when I, one, the wound that actually opened up my head hit me right here, and it opened up. When, when you see me, you'll see the you'll see the lines, you know, because it's still there. And it opened up, and that opened up the whole side of my head. And I remember this ringing sensation that I felt. It was like my head. It felt like a bell. It was a ringing in my in my head. And once I uh, got once once they released me from jail. Um, I went to a doctor, and he told me that there was no exit room for that. And he took X-rays. This was a later on in '75. It was just maybe like a couple of months later. He did X-rays, but at that time, our X-ray machines were not as elaborate as they are now, and uh, he couldn't find, you know, any any bullet or whatever at that point. Uh, But however, what's happened, if you see right here on the very front of my head, you see there's a little lump. I believe that's that bullet, because it's come up, it's been there for probably the last 15, 20 years. That's where it sits. I believe it sits right there. That's just how amazing the creator is. But that's the actual proof. Yeah, what i'm saying that he's actually done but i've never had a bit of pain never had a bit of pain from it and but it's still there and it's it's you you'll see it you know everybody keeps asking me what is that i've never been injured in the head that was the only injury i've ever had to my head and it's you see it right there it's a little lump right there yeah i believe that is that bullet and they shot me with a it was a I, and one thing I knew, you know, I served in the military, so I was aware of calibers of uh, bullets, you know, because of, you know, I, yeah. I, I had uh, I used many. I was trained on uh, quite a few weapons <clears throat> and uh, and I actually I, I used to carry a weapon, um, you know, later in life, you know, um, you know, thinking I was protecting myself until I came to realization when I made my uh, call to Christ in 81. I threw away my guns. I remember I was in, in New Orleans and I remember I drove to this, this uh, bridge one night and I made a commitment and I didn't just throw away the guns. I said, Lord, I said, I realize now who's been protecting me. It's not, it hadn't been these, it's been you. From the time I was a little kid, Splashing in these underground, in these uh sinkholes they call them in Florida. Florida is line with aqua rocks that go from the Gulf of Mexico across the Atlantic Ocean, and uh, there are ponds that are created on these. And they've had people who have drowned in these ponds, and they found their bodies out in the ocean. So, and we were splashing around four and five years old with inner tubes in these. And of course they've always had alligators. I don't know if you're familiar with alligators.
0: I've I've been to Florida a few years back. Yeah. Yeah,
1: Yeah, so they've always had, like they had that that man, he lost his uh, child to an alligator on vacation in Wisconsin. Uh, I think it made international news. Uh, So they're prevalent all over the place and they have deaths every year from alligators. Uh, and they, they were actually a protected species. So there are millions of them all over the place and they have migrated all up in the Carolinas, uh, all the way across to Louisiana and to Texas, um, but they were everywhere. And I, we were swimming in this pond and of course they always had snakes. Oh my god. Four or five years old oh, splashing in this. And so when I reflected <sighs> back on all that, I said, Lord, I, I realize now who's been protecting me all my life. It hadn't Mm. been these guns, it's been you. Mm. And it was his prayers of my grandmother. So Mm. I made my commitment and I threw him away. And do you know that because I've done that, that he has actually had, I've actually felt his protection on me and I've Mm. actually had some experiences. I've been in tornadic storms Mm. when nothing has happened. I once actually had a tornado passed right over me i was i was trapped on the road in a truck oh my am looking at it coming so oh lord here it is you know here you know, <laughs> here it is you know what can i do you know another no, time I, I was on a bridge got caught coming out of pensacola and they had a tornadic outbreak and i'm coming across the bridge and i can see the the um the little spouts water yeah. spouts and they they were not little they were huge and they were like right alongside the bridge. And one came across the bridge as I was driving across. I'm already committed. I can't, I'm on the bridge. I can't yeah. do anything. And it came across. And I remember I had a load, I was doing car hauling at that time. And I had a load of these, uh, they call them the PT Cruisers by Chrysler. I've they seen them. Yeah. They are a little small. And, yeah. and coming from the manufacturing for shipment, they put on this plastic wrap. They actually, I I don't, I don't mean. To right. <clears throat> they gotta kind of actually glue it to the car to protect it against the elements while you're transporting it because where they were being transported open. <clears throat> when I finally I got across the bridge, and the next day, when I'm checking my load, all of that plastic had been completely peeled off of every car on the truck. And I drove right through it. How do you explain that? Yeah. Another time, I remember I was driving in a storm, and a lightning bolt hit the hit the trailer, and it knocked oh, out every it, every computer in the cars. The uh, they call them the um, EM. It's, it's 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 electronic modules. Yeah, uh, yeah. The EM something EMTs at I, I yeah EM. Called.
0: EMT or EMP or some,
1: yeah. Right, yeah, they, and they control all, they control the braking, the acceleration, the starting and all of that. It's like a chip and it knocked out every one, even the ones, and I had a trailer, trike to trailer, I had 10, 10 vehicles on there. They were Toyotas. I had three on my cab, you know, which was connected to the trailer and had seven vehicles on the trailer. It knocked out every one of those sensors. The boat hit so hard, it knocked the tail lights completely out the back end of the trailer. And I remember it went off like a cannon and I'm in the cab. And do you know I was perfectly fine? I didn't even know it had hit until two weeks later when the manager called me in and said, Ivan, do you remember anything happening strange on your trip? He said the dealership had called and said that the vehicles, there was something wrong and there was a little tiny um, mark on one of the vehicles. It was an FJ Cruiser, you know, the the little Toyota FJ Cruiser, the one that they made that climbed the Fuji Mountain in Japan. Uh, Anyway, they had like a little mark on on one. It was like a little black mark on on one of them. And they said that the boat, when the technicians finally went to the dealership and checked it out, they said that evidently it entered that And then all the vehicles at that time were chained down, Mm
0: -hmm. you know,
1: now they use soft ties, you know, where they strap them over the tires, but then we would actually hook the chains to the underbody They had like a little hole on the underbody that you would chain down The, the, the lightning came down and hit the truck and spread all through the entire truck, but it didn't enter the cab and it knocked out all the MTs on every last one of those vehicles. How do you explain that, Adam? You know, and I, I always go back, was it because I made that commitment? Mm. And people ask me now, so I why, why don't you go down? You know, because it's so dangerous out here now. Why don't you go and get your concealed weapon permit? You know, I could do that in a heartbeat, yeah. you know? No, I made a commitment. Mm. And I stick with that commitment. And I've seen so much more, Adam. And I'll be writing about this in a book that I'll have mm. coming up too. Mm. But uh, I've seen all of this, and it gives me it gives me proof to myself. There's mm. something more to this whole thing than we can imagine.
0: Yeah. And
1: that's what I that's what I teach on. And it says that if anything happens in your life that is negative negative or positive take accountability for all of it, you know, don't, don't turn and blame it on someone else. Never. Mm-hmm. They said never blame it. on. So I take a totally different, uh, uh, point of view of things. You know, mm-hmm. I no longer now say, Oh, well, that person, because they did this, I'm being held out. No, 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 no. no, no. Yeah. I have to look at me. And then even going back to the, the ordeal with the, uh, the police, you know, why was I single out? I remember that I was thinking mm-hmm. the gentleman gave me this prophecy. And that was in my thoughts. You know, it's like, what is he talking about? You know, I kept thinking about it. And Ralph Waldo Emerson, one of the readings I've done on him in many years that came after that, he said that whatever a man thinks about the most, he becomes, or it comes upon him. And it was Job in the Bible who said, the thing that I feared the most has come upon me. When all of his stuff began to happen. So. By us thinking on any little thing and holding that thought, we're attracting that to us. That's that vibration. That's that frequency we're getting on. So I had to learn, uh, I had to learn over time. I had to forgive them for what they did to me because I have to understand that I was probably as much of a culprit of that because I was thinking on what this minister had given me so I may have attracted that to me because I was the only one injured I was the only one arrested it's like but but however everything cleared out and I remember when they had me in jail too they're going back to that point uh, I remember I went to court three times and they were trying to charge some major charge on me like they were just making up stuff and the judge kept kicking it out and then finally, I remember the third time that we were in and they had me in the corridor, um, you know, between the um, the um, courtroom and his chamber. And the judge came by me, and said, young man, look like you're going to be a very rich man. And he said that to me. But I remember the prophecy and, and the prophet said that uh, you're going to become successful in life greater than anything you imagine much later on in life. It wasn't meant to be at that time. So here I am now. This is where everything is going into that aspect now. Mm -hmm. But I don't look at it now. I look at things in a different way now. You know, I'm not caught up in all the materialistic things, you know, like I used to be when I was younger. You know, now it's about helping people with the, with the, with the, information on who they truly are and how to utilize this. I always tell people, people ask me all the time, well, how do you manifest? They said, well, God said, you've been manifesting ever since you were a child. But not Mm -hmm. knowing that you were manifesting, you were having all these different thoughts and whatnot. So what you were doing, you were manifesting chaos in your life. Mm -hmm. So all I wanna do is come to the table and give you this information, this knowledge that will help you to align your gifts so that you begin to manifest in the way that you desire to manifest in, but you're manifesting all the time. That power is always working. It's in you. It's all of us. I
0: find it really incredible. Like, um, you know, when you talk about, you know, all these events that have happened and, you know, you talk about, um, you know, the the events with the tornado, the event with yeah. the the lightning, yeah. um, you know, being in the in the pond with there's alligators and, and snakes and all the rest of it. And yeah. you know, what I really like as well, you know, that, that that commitment that you've made and taking accountability for your life and for your yeah. own yeah. actions and, you know, your energy and you know, your your universe and, and yourself. And I think like a lot of times people, you know. Are so kind of concerned about danger. They're in that, like you said, you go back to that reaction mode. They're in that reaction mode. I need to have a gun because you know that's that's like you know reaction. And and I, I get why you know people carry firearms and things like that in America. Yeah. There's a lot of things happening, but yeah. it's that you know in in your experience, you know, you're holding yourself accountable on that kind of a commitment or promise you know, that you've made and all of these things have happened. So you've not, you know, needed to have a firearm, you know? Yeah. And I think it's, um, it, it, it's, it's mind blowing when you think about those situations, could you think like, you know, the, the chances of that happening, you know, the chances of being struck by lightning are pretty, you know, yeah. c- uh, crazy <laughs> as well. It and, is. And, to, yeah. and, to, and to say this happened. And um, mm. I think like, you know, we've, with your experiences and, um, you know, when you do these videos, I think, I think it's amazing and really profound that you can, you can do this and you can use, uh, your experiences to, to help other people. And it must be rewarding, you know, for you to be, you know, be in this place where you can help so many people, um, you know, on a massive scale, you know, and, Lots of opportunities are opening up and, and, you know, like that guy said, it's going to be, you know, over time. And I think like, it's crazy how the world works, you know, and how life happens, you know, like certain events happen and the coincidences, the, it's a bit like, you know, connecting those dots, you know, all kind of uh, pieces together. And, and and I was, I was saying, I was talking to my mom about this the other day and you know, some of my close friends today. Yeah. Uh, I won't go too much into it, but um, I would basically I was going through things at school, and I was walking past them. They went to a different school to me, yeah. and in those moments, I didn't realize that they would be my good kind of best friends in the future. But those incidents of me just walking past them and bumping into them, or or seeing them over the course of a couple of years then yeah. you know led to me having them as good friends now and it's like you know you in your situations all of these things kind of happen um by chance by fate by coincidence uh for whatever reason to kind of put you on this path now if that makes sense yeah. it's it's uh it's pretty remarkable now you're putting in this work to to make these changes and differences and to to explain you know like you said the that spiritual side to it, that science side to it, that that religious side and combining, kind of combining it all together, because I think for so long, they're kind of being put into separate
1: categories, if that makes sense. But what you're saying is they all interlink. Right. When Bob Proctor, when I took his class in 2016, he connected all the dots for me. He was one that connected all the dots for me. I had to give him total credit for that because that was my aha moment. Yeah, I had all this information, but it was like in, in in little pieces, yeah, all around me, and I didn't know how to connect it. I didn't see how they interrelated. But when he, I had his study, that's when everything came together. It's, everything meshed. It is amazing, and like I remember when we first spoke
0: um, on on the on the phone, you you mentioned to me something about. The universe has sped up, you said, and it's, it's traveling at such a rate now. And they, they, they they've, I don't know, I think
1: you said scientists have seen this. They've seen yes, like a see this. And there's yeah. like an energy. Right. They, they have actually, since, uh, since about 2000, they say the energy, the, there's, there's a certain amount of energy that can be this measurable energy that comes into the Earth's atmosphere. They say this energy has increased three times of what it was prior to 2000. And also when I talk about the universe, science, you know, they have been gazing out at the universe. You know, you know, They set the Hubble telescope up. They've sent a few different uh, satellites up into deep space. They're exploring and sending back information. Well, they were saying that uh, at one point, the, the universe seems like it was fixed. And now they see, they're saying, now that they're getting information back that the universe is actually expanding further and further the more they look at it and that it is actually, actually speeding up beyond the speed they thought. They thought it was increasing at the speed of light. They're saying now that actually the speed of light is faster than probably what they had comprehended. The speed of light that we were taught was 186,000 miles per second and they're saying that it's mind boggling and they were saying that it's actually speeded up beyond that so it's amazing you know what's going on and i think it's based on our awareness as we observe it you know as as a point of an observing observer yeah yeah as we observe it and they and they talk about the wave and the particle and quantum physics they say that there is a wave of energy and they've actually gotten, it's actually, it pulsates, Mm there's a pulsant. And they say that when you observe this wave, it'll actually turn into a particle. Wow, it turns into a particle. And then they say when they turn away from it, it'll revert back to a wave again. They're actually, (laughs) this thing is so deep and it's so profound. They say like, when you walk into a room, you're in your house. Yeah. You walk into one room. They said the room that you left basically turns back into an energy form Mm. that is not even there. But then when you enter back into it again, it becomes that thing again. You know, it's just a, think of it on that level, you know yeah as you walk through your house you know because once you walk out of that room you're no longer in that room so you don't have the vision in that room anymore you're now into another room and you're seeing all the objects around you but what happens to the objects in the other room that you left Mm because they're no longer in your awareness in your own special world Mm. yeah and thomas trower the judge uh that that uh uh Served in India, he died in 1906. He only had one student, Genevieve Boren, and she wrote the book uh, "Your Invisible Power." It's hmm. Genevieve Brin. um He had in that in that uh, and matter of fact, I think I've got it right here. Um, yeah. yeah, it's so profound. I I, I want to give it to you, and I and yeah. I always like to get. I, I these are things that I commit to to memory. But it yeah. says in in search of a worthy idea. and I'm just going to read it. My mind is a center of divine operation. The divine operation is always for expansion and fuller expression. And this means the production of something beyond what has gone before, something entirely new, not included in past experience, though proceeding out of it by an orderly sequence of of growth. He said, by an orderly sequence of growth. Therefore, since the divine cannot change its inherent nature, it must operate in the same manner in me. Consequently, in my special world of which I am the center, it will move forward to produce new conditions always in advance of any that have gone before. If that's that's not deep, that's yeah. deep. That's right. that very deep, and that's that thing that operates in us. Mm. That, that is our creative essence.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's it is, it is so deep, and it is it is um it is kind of mind blowing when you think of it. I think you have to really go to a place and think about it. When you do think about it, you know, deeply, it does make sense. And I think. Oh. Um, I've I've been reading a book recently called uh Science of Getting Rich with is it Wallace yeah. D. Waddles. And, I'm and familiar, they talk, I'm
1: familiar with it. Right. Yeah, <laughs> and,
0: and it talks about it's, it's similar stuff to that. Like oh, um yes. talks about this formless, this this formless energy. Yes. Of, and, and it basically goes back to thought. And right. that we are all, everything is this formless energy. And right. everything like, is you know, energy. Yeah, and now like, well, you in in similar to what you said in what that in that extract is um, it's kind of like what's gone before what's now and kind of what is going to be, isn't it? It's, it's yes. kind of like that, that process of life. um, yeah. And it, it's, it's, it's so remarkable. And I think like people really, I think are having that change in perspective, that shift in focus, I think, yes. especially with COVID, I think it's been, you know, a very, big eye-opener for a lot of people people yeah and people say you know that we're going to go back to normal we can't you can't really go
1: back no, no. to what
0: was no it's, no it's, it's
1: it's a new normal
0: yeah <laughs> a new a new, new a normal. normal and yeah. it's people are thinking differently people have you know like you said that consciousness people you know being forced to you know like like the energy and consciousness it's it's a, it's a bit thinking of it now it's a bit like um pushing like a, a ball under water isn't it it's there you can't yes. it's, it's going to be you know it's going to arise and i think people in this whole situation that you know is lifted and they haven't been forced to look at things because you know when when people are put down uh when they're not around the things that they think is make makes them happy mm-hmm. you know it's going to ultimately make you think isn't it but i, I think like you said the way that the world is evolving, and people, and the universe, and energy—it's um, it, it's pretty pretty remarkable. And do, I was just thinking as well: Do you have any favorite books that you
1: like to read? you probably read many? them. Uh, I, actually, any, I any. read a series of books, uh, and and I have like a oh my god, I probably have uh, probably about seven different Bibles around here, different aspects yeah. of the Bible. I have one that's directly from Hebrew to English. Mm. Um, I have one from the Greek perspective, and then I have various study Bibles. I got one recently was Tony. The last one I just bought a few months ago was by Tony Evans. This uh, minister by his name Tony Evans, and he wrote a unique study Bible. I have a couple of study Bibles, and then I have a lot of accordances. Um, you know, to actually go in and break the Bible down into very simplistic. Mm. And then I have uh, books that I've read on that journey of Christ before, you know, his first 29 years, you know, that journey from the time he was an infant right on up to, because there were writings on that as well. And, uh, but uh, right now what I have before me is by uh uh Genevieve Barin, your invisible power yeah yeah I have that one that I have right here and I've got a whole slew of them right here in front of me uh another one is um uh James Allen yeah such a profound book dealing with the mental, mental acuity you know how we need to look at our mind and the way that we cultivate our mind whatever we cultivate in our mind is going to come forth, Mm. be it good or bad. Definitely. And that's why I say, you know, why I had to search myself back and just recently I began to think, so wait a minute, he gave me that prophecy and I didn't know how to take it, but I was pondering on it.
0: Mm -hmm. I was
1: thinking about it, you know, thinking about it. And it stayed in my mind because I didn't understand where he was coming from or whatever. And then I saw it take shape it took shape and it caught me completely off guard. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I'm in the backseat suite. I didn't say anything yeah. to these officers. I, I didn't, I'm always, I've always been polite, you know, courteous, you know, you know, give them what they want and, you know, mm-hmm. let's get on with life, you know? Yeah. And I well, remember so- the last thing I said before I went out was, I said, I said, officer, I said, this doesn't make any sense. And it was at that moment that something happened. I evident that's when the other one that was holding the gun on me pulled the trigger. And I went out and I didn't know what had happened. And then I came to for a few moments and then I went out again. And I remember myself falling to the ground and uh, in slow motion. And before Mm -hmm. I hit the ground, I was completely gone. Yeah. Jeez. So. But I'm good. I'm good. Everything yeah. is good. You know, I'm here now. And and then the other thing too, you know, it's like this is not something I'm just doing all of a sudden. Like my granddaughter said, she said, yeah. you know, all those wise words you've been talking to me, you know, ever yeah. since I was four and a half. And see, I have other people. I've been talking to people, uh, Adam, one-on-one for mm. probably 35 years. Mm. In all my journeys, you know, everywhere I've been going, there are people all across the country have been asking me, when are you going to start a video conference? You know, Mm -hmm. I'm talking about going back 35 years ago Mm -hmm. because of all these profound things. And it was like a a growth of things. And it led to that point, to the point she said, Grandpa, you need to do a TikTok. Yeah, because I was actually thinking in my head ever since I took Bob Proctor's course in 2016, I want to do this. I really want to mm-hmm. teach this in a mass scene. So mm-hmm. how am I going to do this? You know, and I was thinking in my head, you know, how am I going to do this? I'm trying to figure it out. You know, I'm trying to figure it out from the material yeah, yeah. Point of view. I said, okay. Um, Can I rent a hall somewhere? Well, how am I going to get the people? Like, can I send out newsletters or whatever? Can I? And all I knew about was mailings, you know, you mail out Mm. who am I going to mail to? You know, how am I going to get my audience? You know, (laughs) how am I going to, if I rent an auditorium, how am I going to fill it up? You know, a room, how am I going to fill it up? And then, and then I'd have to get the equipment, which I have the equipment. I've got it all here in my office Mm. now. And I had gotten all the equipment together. And, Mm. um, put everything together, you know, but I didn't know how I was going to do it. And then yeah. she comes along one day and said, Grandpa, you know all those wise words you've been talking to me all these years? yeah say, you need to do a TikTok. Yeah. I said, TikTok?
0: Yeah. And,
1: I, and then so then I began to question her, what is a TikTok, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, uh, and then she said, wait, well, never mind, Grandpa. She said, you know, this is, this is the way she's always with me. She said, yeah. you just talk. And he says, I'll record it. I'll yeah, it and I'll
0: put it up. I think so I'll create think, the
1: for you.
0: I think the amazing thing with it is like how, you know, like you can use the technology today to like you know spread your message and yeah. you know to 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 do like podcasts like this, you know, to yeah. uh, talk about you know your experiences and you know put it into you know video format, put it out yeah. there, and yeah. it's amazing yeah. what you can do. And how I think uh, the good thing about TikTok is that the algorithm is very, very good and it goes very out there a lot more. Mm -hmm. And I I just think like, you know, your experiences and what you've been through are like, you know, really inspiring. I think a lot of people will really, you know, do like now, as we can see, really resonate with, you know, your story, your experiences and, you know, what you talk about. And I think, you know, more than that, like more than ever now. I think people, you know, really are looking for, you know, a message because I think like a lot of people are trying to figure out what is going on in the in the world. Why, you know, people are, are wanting some clarity upon these kind of like life's questions. And I think unless you've been through sometimes your own experiences and then you kind of make sense of it, um, you know, a lot of people a wanting clarity, I think. And, um, you know, you must see a lot of different things in, in, in younger people and, you know, how the world has evolved and changed to now and, you know, the, the pressures uh, to try and to do well in life, to try and figure something out, to try, right. especially from probably certain areas or communities, but, you know, uh, class, you um, you know, it's a lot of pressure on people and like, what, what would you like say to people, you know, trying to figure it out, you know, they're trying to kind of pave their way in life. Cause I think like a lot of people, you know, I mean, there is a system there in, in some sense, but I yes. think a lot of people are trying to click like, cause for, like, for yourself, like you've, you've done a lot. Yes. And right now, you know, it's kind of come kind of, Come full circle in some way, some sense, and you're doing something that you know you really, really have a passion for. Um, like, what what advice would you give to people who are like you know trying to trying to figure out like what what to do in in life and 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 kind of find their way?
1: Well, I always ask people. Uh, number one, um, well, I tell people: number one, uh, question everything. Um, I would say number one, like I said, is become accountable. You know, yeah. begin to realize that your thoughts, your feelings, and your actions give you the results in life. Mm-hmm. Let's start right there. <clears throat> Don't look without. You have to learn to go within because the answer is all in us. When we ask the question, we already have the answer but it's locked in us. So if we can begin to shut off from going outside and begin to go inside and ask the true questions and become accountable, stop blaming everybody else for everything that's going on. Stop, we need to stop that. We need to go into perspective and then become, try to take the attention off of self. Uh, There, there, there are three different levels that I I know I'll be teaching on as I move, move along. One is the egocentric, which is being about self. That's in your survival center. You know, I teach about the energy centers in the body itself. We have a, a definite set of energy centers, which is founded by science that is within us. It follows right along the spinal cord. They, they call it the seeking your kundalini, the, the kundalini, kundalini mm-hmm. uh, in Indian, you know, the, uh, the chakras, yeah, uh, the energy centers, yeah, the chakras. Um, and the first three centers are survival centers. We've got to elevate above the survival center. <clears throat> that, that's the first one. The first level is the egocentric. And we're all, that's where we all start from, egocentric, that's where our ego resides. And the next one is the ethnocentric. That is where we become tribal. You know, you're only caring about those that that have something similar or familiar that you're familiar with, that look like you or whatever. That's the ethnocentric. That's where you care about your tribe, but everybody else is the others, you know. And then the last one is the worldview. And I'm an empath, empathy. You know, I care about everybody. Um, that's where you put yourself in the position of another one. And the golden rule in the Bible is, um, is there too. It says one of them is love the Lord thy God with all your heart. And that's, that was another thing that I thought about because he never mentions the body. He said, love the Lord thy God with all your heart, with all your mind. And the mind actually exists in every cell in your body. It's not just in your head they actually your brain is a switching station but love the lord thy god with all your heart all your mind and all your soul now that soul is that inner being your spiritual man that's inside of you well actually they say actually we live inside our spirit man our body is actually encased in because they say that that energy that goes out from your heart goes out like three meters out Surrounds wow. you three meters around in diameter. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. From the center. Yeah. You know, from the center it goes out three meters out. So you yeah. affect everything around and you can pick up energies when you become sensitive. Yeah,
0: uh, I energies experienced yeah. I've definitely experienced that. I remember in the in the past. And mm-hmm. um, and even now, sometimes I you know I pick up on you know even like you know auditory you know like hearing you, you can cut the frequencies if someone's yes if someone or if you know even by eye contact isn't it isn't it you know like it's that energy you know you pick up on i think when you're at empath and right. i am as well right you, you become sensitive to what people are
1: feeling thinking yeah. uh yeah it's, yeah it's 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 powerful Yeah. And even like right now, you know, they had that thing. And I think the whole world knows about the George Floyd incident in Minnesota here in the U.S. Um, You know, when that happened to him, you know, I could relate to that. Mm. I can relate to that. I went through that. And then uh, now that Derek Chauvin has been convicted of that, Mm. now I feel for him. Mm. You know, it's like, no, no, you, you can't. What, what would you rejoice in that? He's still, he's still a part of our whole. Mm-hmm. You know, we're all one. We, yeah. we just have misinformation that we dealt with. And mm-hmm. we're, like I talk about the egocentric, the ethnocentric, and then the worldview, mm-hmm. you know. And, you know, we all grow from a certain point, but at the same point, we're all a part of that one thing, that one breath that was put in that one person that was named Adam. Hmm. That breath is what's disseminated itself into all of us. Hmm. You know, he said, let us make man in our image and in our likeness. He put a part of himself in us. He, I think God has disseminated himself into man himself. Hmm. The word enthusiasm comes from a Greek word, entheos, E-N-T-H-I-O-S. E-N-T-H-I-O-S. Which means God within. That's the Greek mm. meaning, right? I and mean, we've been using that word for quite some time.
0: It's it's amazing how there's a lot of old, uh, like proverbs or like words that, you know, go go back so far the back, so far long, powerful. but yeah. yeah, but they but they resonate so much now. And I think there's a lot of teachings of people, um, you know, from a long time ago that are pretty prolific now. Um, you know, kind of ahead of their time. And yeah. it's, it's, um, you know, it's, uh, you know, I find the you know, human experience, you know, you know, just amazing, you know, and I think like we're all connected as you, as you mentioned, and I think, you know, we all have our own place in the universe, don't we? We all, you know, every everything that happens to us, you know, both good and bad, I think for a reason. And I think if, if you're open to, to, Learning and growing, then I think you will. And I, I just, um, I just think like it's just amazing. You know, it's amazing. You know, what you're what you're doing now, and you know, want you know, wanting to make a difference to other people. Because I think uh, a lot of people out there have been through so many different things. You know, so many harsh, you know, experiences. Nice. Be you know you've been in really bad environments and you see a lot of successful people today who, um, you know, have come from not, you know, come from nothing, yes. come from hardship. You know, you think of Oprah yeah. and, you Jay know, Z, it, yeah,
1: Holmes, Master P.
0: So you, you yeah. met those people before they became, um, what they are today. So, we, yeah, we, we, we I met Phyllis earlier.
1: Hyman. I met Phyllis Hyman. Uh, she's no longer with us, but I yeah. met her before she became. And uh, I've, I've come across a lot of people. I, I remember I gave a prophecy. I, I saw something, because I began to see things and I can tell people about where they're going. I, can, I began to read these energies many years ago. I remember in 1987, I had taken my son to a gymnasium. He was playing basketball. He was a youngster, he was 15 at that time. And uh, I took him up to the University of Florida, uh, not University of Florida, but it was Florida State University in Tallahassee, where I was born. I was back there from 85 to 89. And I used to take him up there to play at the college campus. And um, uh, I met this guy, Mitchell Wiggins. He was uh, all American that played at uh, FSU. I've heard of his, of his name. Agency. I've heard yeah. of his name. He played with Houston. He played with the Houston Rockets. And as a matter of fact, um, I gave him, I gave him a prophecy on that because I saw it. And I remember I was in the hallway and um, he had come out. He was in the in the gym playing, and everybody was saying that's Mitchell. I didn't, I didn't know who Mitchell Wiggins was because I didn't follow it. But anyway, um, um, I was in the hallway, and he came out and was walking down the hall, and they said, hey, how are you doing? I said, hey, how are you doing? And we just struck up a conversation, and I told him, I, and I remember hearing about some of the things that he was going through now. I, I had heard about him, and I heard about some of the things he was going through, and I remember he was, they were saying something about he had always been first string, you know, never coming from the bench. And they had this other play, player that came in, and what was his name? McGuire. Um, Mitchell was like six five guard. And...
0: I think I think I have his because I've got a few NBA cards. Oh, oh, okay, sw- yeah. I am. I am. Um, was he professional? He did well.
1: Oh yeah, he was. He was. Uh, yeah. He was. Uh, all, he was all star. I, I
0: I think I have. I I, I bought quite a few uh, NBA cards. I started collecting them. I think I. Right. I saw his card. I'm sure I've got his card. It right. just rings a bell. Sorry. Gotcha.
1: So anyway, I I told him. Uh, I said Mitch. I said look. I said um, you know. Um, I said what we have to do. I said and what he was he was kind of distraught uh, at that point. Yeah, I remember when I asked him how are you doing. He said oh, I'm I'm doing okay. And said, and that's what opened up the whole conversation for me. And I said, look, I said, uh, being distraught, you know, why are you distraught? You know, you're making half a million dollars a year. You know, people would die to be in your position, you know, to be playing something that they, doing something they love to do and to be making that kind of money. Now they make a lot more money than that now, but he was making like a half a million. But what had happened, they bought this, this guard on, his name was McGuire. It was, it was before McGrady, Tracy McGrady came later on. But it was a guy named McGuire. He was like a 6'7 guard. And what they did is they began to play McGuire on first string. And they put him coming off the bench. And it didn't resonate with him. And uh, so uh, I, I began to talk to him. On, something opened up inside of me. And because and, and, it was something coming from within me. I don't even know where it was coming from, tell you the truth. But anyway, I began to tell him, I said, look. I said, think about this scenario. I said, you have like this all-star front line that comes off off the bench, you know, the first string that goes in. Now, the game is a long game. And think about it, you coming off as being the sixth man coming off the bench and you coming in with all your gifts. I said, you got to come at it being at 110%. Not coming in with, oh, I'm coming off second string. I said, with that type of mentality being a team game, I said, y'all could very well win the championship. You could find yourself in the championship series this next year. And uh, and I remember him looking at I me, mean, he kind of looked at me kind of perplexed. You know, it's like he said, huh? You know, he had an aha moment, I guess. And, uh, and I could pick it up because I could feel the energies. And then, and then he finally he thanked me, and then he went on. And, but, but before he thanked me, I said, but look, I said, I said, do this. I said, stay away from the drugs. And I don't know why I said that. I said, stay away from the drugs. I said, that is your one enemy. I said, you know, be aware of the friends that you hang around with, and you need to really stay away from the drugs. And I gave him that because it was a premonition that came up within me. And then the next year, you know, I was working at a dealership, a car dealership. I, I eventually became the, the uh, leasing manager of the dealership, but I was in sales at that time. And uh, I remember the next year they were talking about how they were going to go to the championship. And they ended up playing against Boston for the championship. And it ends up that they won they won two of the games. And in the two games that Houston won, and... and um, Boston took it in six games. They won four, they won four games, and Houston had two, so the series was a six-game series. And the two games that they won, Mitchell was named the most valuable player for, for uh, Houston. And, I mean, he played his heart out. And then I was, I was talking to some people about him uh, right after the series ended. It was going into the summer of uh, – and I want to think that was 88 – because I met him in 87 it was going into the summer of 88. And uh, I said, how about that Mitchell Wiggins? And they said, "Uh, Mitchell Wiggins, he said, you heard? And I said, heard what? And they said, well, he tested positive the drugs, tested positive the drugs that NBA has banned him from playing. And then I think from there, he went back into the CBA, I think it was. And then he ended up playing over in Europe for a while and then eventually he went back into the pros, but it, it took like a couple of years and he was never the same again. Um, mm. But I that, that always stuck out in my head. And I remember I met artist Gilmore many years. I never had a conversation with him, but I met him at a, at a club. I think that he had something to do with down in Pensacola. Uh, came across him, he was like seven two center, played with um, um, Chicago. Yeah, yeah. Gilmore. But he was from uh, Pensacola, Pensacola, Florida. Well no, not Pensacola, uh, Panama City, Panama mm. City, Florida. And uh, I met him down in Panama City because when I was doing that thing with my groups, I was telling you about Phyllis Hyman. I met him yeah. during that, that occasion. That was right around 75 when he wow. was. Great. So I met some like I've met some really really big big figures. Over time, on that uh, George Gervin was one I met. Um, he played. In, he ended up with Houston too, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, I met him um, when I was um, in uh, Ypsilanti, where I grew up, yeah. Ypsilanti, Michigan. Ypsilanti, in wow. Arbor, Michigan, because uh, he played in Ypsilanti at at um, Eastern. It was yeah, Eastern Michigan University. Yeah. Yeah, Whoa. he played at Eastern Michigan his, his high school, his college basketball. In George they call him the Iceman, George Gervin. he scored yeah. he was a high prolific, prolific scorer with Houston. Uh, I need he's to see uh, now. Yeah, go ahead.
0: I I need to research more into uh, some you know like the 70s and 80s basketball cuz yeah. I I do have like the cards. I got I bought yeah. a bunch of cards and I, I've got like, you know, some of the modern ones now and yeah. It's, it's, I, I look at my back and it tells you about the history of them. And, I, and I, I want to do more research. So, like, when I look over this, I'll do more research on like these players. Cause I, you know, I, I used to play basketball at school and I quite like it now. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's so entertaining and, and really big. But I mean, like, what, what a time to be, to be around all that. Yeah. And, you know, the music then as well. And to mm-hmm. be, you know, in these clubs and meeting people and, you know, music back then. I mean, Gosh, like you know, seventies, eighties music. It was
1: where where it was at. It was, it was, it was, it was a profound period. And I saw that whole scene shift when I was working with it. They were in the disco, the disco area era. Yeah. Uh, they had come out of the um, soul music, which was the Temptations. I grew up on all that. Um, the Stevie yeah. Wonder, he's still here. Yeah, uh, but so many of of the Temptations, yeah. I think they're all gone. The original group and Supremes, uh, Diana Ross is still around, mm. um, but so many of those people are not even here anymore. Uh, but I, I grew up with that. That was mm. that was the era that I came up in, and that was all around me. Barry Gordy was the one that I looked to at yeah. that time. He was one who created uh, Motown. Yeah, uh, with the Temptations. Also, that's where um, the Jackson Five got their start. You know, yeah. Michael Jackson,
0: mm, you know, Yeah, they
1: came, he was like a little 10-year-old boy when he got started. And Gosh. Stevie was young too. Stevie was like 12 years old when he uh, started out, you know, performing.
0: It's a lot of pressure, isn't it, you know, with some of these people. and the, I think this is what is a good topic as well. Like, you know, the pressure of people uh, in those roles and to try and hold it all together, Yeah, you know, in a place where there's so much expected of them them in the, in the limelight and you say one thing you do one thing wrong you're going you know you got so many pressures you know to do well you know managers uh and to try and keep your you know your head together okay. you know in that place because a lot of people want a piece of you your money yeah. uh, you know everything else and um you know I watched a documentary my mom showed me with Elvis and you think like what a guy he was. Yeah, he was awesome, yeah. And uh, you know, like his management. I mean, there's a lot to the story, but you know, people were taking money, they he was just performing, performing, performing. Um, yeah. but you know, to try and hold it together in that in that place. and my mum liked uh is it Luther Van back yeah. there? Like Luther Van Dross. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh my it's, god
1: What a talent. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's, yeah. it's 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 amazing.
1: But
0: it, when you when you think about these people though, and you, you know, like from your experience and, and meeting these people and, and seeing people in these positions that are doing really well, it just it just shows you when you know it kind of goes back to what people are capable of creating. You know, it kind yes. of all goes back to that, doesn't it? You know that yes. that energy, putting yourself in that place, yeah. and you know, doing it. Um, but but like. It, it's, be, it's been, I just want to say, like, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you, Irvin, and, you know, for you sharing your story, your experiences, um, what you're doing now. And I'm just really, really grateful to, you know, have, have this moment with you. And, you know, I, I think it's incredible what you're doing. And I want, you know, I want to say a massive thank you for, for coming on the podcast, for, for, for sharing your experiences, for everything that you're doing. Um, and I wish you you know all the best in what you're doing. And you know I I look forward to you know to reconnecting with you. And you know, where can people do you know where people can find you on like say social media that kind of thing. Yeah,
1: on social media they can find me at uh, TikTok. Yeah. At Irvin I R V A N Kyler K Y L E R. On Instagram they can find me at the same place Instagram at Irvin, I R V A N, Kyler, K Y L E R. Uh, Facebook the same way, Facebook mm-hmm. slash Irvin Kyler. Um, also, they can connect with me on the website, which mm-hmm. is be the real you now.com. Be the real you now.com. And and just going back with one thing because you were yeah, asked yeah. what is one thing that I would um, um, say to people. The the other scripture that I did mention is the first one, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy mind, and yeah. It. So is the thing about empath, empath, uh, being empath- empathetic mm. um, is do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And the one thing that I would give them to I was just quoting those scriptures, but the one thing that I would um, say to people, the starting point is to know thyself. In every religion of the world, that is the common thing, common thing in all religions of the world. Know thyself. Mm -hmm. Get to know yourself. And you can only do that by going within, meditating within on that thing that you truly are, because you're much more than you think you are Mm -hmm. and you have capabilities beyond anything you can imagine. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: No, I, I totally agree with you. And I think that's such a powerful message. And I think, you know, like going back to yourself, you know, what you mentioned and, you know, we have you know, all the answers, you know, within us, inside of us. Yeah. And we have to go back, you know, to ourselves and find, you know, find ourselves in, in in who we are and what we are. Yeah. And I think like, you know, in, in the world today there's a lot of distract being a lot of distractions, yeah. you know, so many things happening around us. Yeah. And I think that's probably why I think people sometimes get so caught up in you know, that kind of kind of Destruction of life you know you have to kind of like you said go back right. to yourself or you know ultimately. right
1: and and that's that's all i'm i'm connecting with people on uh, adam i'm mm-hmm. not really telling any anyone anything new you mm-hmm. know this information i'm sharing is ancient information but mm-hmm. there's the truth is locked inside each and every individual and when i speak certain things when that, mm. those two frequencies meet, they call it resonance. When that thing meets, there's something yeah. in you that knows wait a minute, okay, what did he say? There's that thing inside you that is coming out, it's just resonating yeah. with you. So I just mm. do the key things that I, that I yeah. do, the, the things that I say, I'm just putting out keys, they're codes, yeah. and it unlocks that thing inside of that person. And now that the person begins to elevate higher and higher. And once mm. you get that new information, that's a new input, your perception shifts. Mm. Now you begin to see things in a little different way. Right. So that, mm. that's basically all I do. You know, I, I just say the things and it resonates with that truth that's locked in because each mm. one of us carries the truth inside of us.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's it's so powerful, isn't it? And yeah. I think. I, I just think it's amazing everything that you're doing, and you know who you are as a person. You know, I'm I'm just really, you know, grateful for for all that you are and all that you are, you know, and you know how you're sharing your experiences and and, and wanting to make a difference to all the people in the world which you are, you know. And I, I think it's tremendous and really inspiring. And um, you know, I look forward to you know connecting again with you, but I wish, I wish you I wish you all the best in your day.
1: I thank you so much, Adam, for having me on with you today. And you just keep doing what you're doing, too, because I see great things coming for you.
0: No, thank
1: yeah. you. Thank you, Evan. Really, really it's, in you. It's, it's in you. It's, 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 it, you're going to be in a completely different place as you move along on that. I, I'm, I'm, I'm overjoyed to be here with you. It's my honor to be here with you today. Thank you so much for inviting me, okay?
0: No, you're most welcome. It's
1: I'm I'm really grateful, you know, for for
0: everything that you you said, and really really means a lot to me. I I'm just really grateful, you know, to have you, on you know, in, on my path, you know, and me to be on yours as well. Awesome, awesome, awesome. all the best. Okay got it possibility 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 tune in hi and thanks for listening to the pauses podcast if you yourself has a story that you'd like to share to be on the podcast please let me know at past podcast at gmail.com or if you know somebody that has a story that they would like to share or their experience from life please tell them to get in touch with me at the past podcast at gmail.com um so yeah see you soon take care